Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Having an awful week. We'll hang in there because we are back with your favorite Avatar The Last Airbender Rewatch podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Muhammad, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Jacob Redmond. Jacob, how you doing on this fine evening? I'm doing well, Zach. We're back with a late night record yet again. Uh, I feel like it's been a long time since we've talked. I feel like I've lived an entire lifetime since the last time we were on the podcast, but... I'm excited to get into the episode. Uh, I'm sure there'll be lots of fun stories along the way, um, but also like a pretty cool episode. It feels almost like a heist episode of Avatar, if there ever was one. I'm a sucker for a good heist, so I'm coming in excited, coming in, uh, looking forward to the episode. Zach, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, this is a fire episode, pun intended. I especially love <laughs> like when you see the dragons being revealed. It's such a beautiful moment with the colorful fire and stuff. And that's something that's always stuck with me when I see this episode on rewatches. So, yeah, yeah. Colorful fire is just cool. It's just a cool way to do fire. Like it's, it's very fun. There's a, a TikTok account that, uh, that does like different sciencey stuff. They do science experiments. And one of the things <laughs> they often do is they like burn different things. Uh, and like they burn the stuff to have like green fire and white fire and clear fire. And it's like the fact that these are real is just so cool. Like I'm, I'm completely obsessed. Uh, I think it's, it's very fun to watch. Not facts. Colorful fire is dope. It always looks good no matter the context or color. I feel like for sure, for sure. Yeah. I feel like even blue fire, like it's one that I've become desensitized to at this point, just cause like blue fire comes from just like hotter flames. Um, but blue fire is a, it's a cool color as well. True, true. That's why Azula's so dope because she's got the blue flames. Very true. Um, yes. Very true indeed. Um, anyway, we can jump into the episode here. Uh, you know, we can uh, we can get on with the with the episode. Do some jerk bending along the way. Which, <laughs> like, by the way, like Sokka says that he says it just so casually. This could not have been the first time that Sokka says jerk bending. Like. I know this is like doesn't even happen at the beginning of the episode, 
but like he has to have said this before. Like he's a classic, like, oh, like bending is silly, like all the time. I'm sure he says jerk bending constantly. True, but it's such a stupid joke, I feel like. <laughs> I don't know. Not Fair. Sokka's best work, in my opinion. Nope. Uh no, not at all. Yeah, he yeah, no, he wasn't very funny this episode. Like he accosts someone for saying like, oh, that's actually a dance, and he says jerk bending. Like that's all the that's all we got. True. At the end of the episode, Zaka and Katara kind of just straight up roast poor old Zuko after he displays <laughs> his dads. They weren't very nice to him. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, Katara's looking to like really get on him. Uh, but yeah, and Sokka, Sokka, I felt like should have been a little bit more, uh, yeah, a little bit more, um, forgiving, I guess. Yeah, true. Uh, also, we're getting into the episode recap like three minutes into the podcast. Usually with guests and stuff, we've been taking like 20 minutes of like preamble before we get into the episode. We're doing well, it quick tonight. I mean, if I can, t- you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, take us back to our old ways. I would <laughs> like to say something about uh, a woman that I saw at a store today. Sure. It's been living rent free in my head since like 12 hours ago. <laughs> okay. So. I go to the store and a woman picks up a can and the can says uh, like zero grams of added sugar. And the way it says it is zero G added sugar. So the woman looks at the can and she says, OG added sugar. How much is OG? And I was like, are you kidding me? She thought <laughs> o, like she thought that OG meant like, like that it was like the original added sugar. <laughs> so she thought she thought the zero was an O. Oh my! Correct. And then asked a worker and said, "How many grams of sugar in this?" The worker's like, I- "I'm not sure. Does it say on the can?" And she said, "It says OG added sugar." And I did not stick around to find the conclusion. I just walked away because I didn't want to laugh at her. So I just walked down the aisle and chuckled myself afterwards. You didn't come in and be like, "Actually, ma'am, it's a zero. You didn't do that. No, I, I felt like I felt like it wasn't the vibe I was feeling this morning. I wasn't <laughs> in a correcting mood. Oftentimes, I'm in a correcting mood, uh, but not today. All right. Well, that's a great story. I, actually, I don't know why that's such a funny little story, but made me chuckle. So there we go. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. You know, we could get some pre-show uh, antics in, and uh, and I could complain about this person who's just been like on my mind for uh, the entire the entire day. So there we go. Uh, anyway, Zach, anything living rent free in your head? Not really. Work is living rent free in my head. I was unemployed when we started this podcast and I got a new mm-hmm. job and it's quite stressful, but oh, well, that's life. Yeah. yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be, but yeah, maybe, maybe we shouldn't say anything too anti-capitalist, you know, Daniel, uh, <laughs> yeah, listening. Uh, True. But- yeah, it sucks that your work is uh, it's not going well. Yeah, my job's making me a lot more anti-capitalist. Sorry, <laughs> sorry Daniel. <laughs> sorry, I, professor. I did, I did receive a text from someone who, uh, like, they had like gone through some sort of class or something, um, and they like they realized that like they wouldn't keep, or they realized they wouldn't keep getting to just be in school their whole life and would eventually have to work to support themselves. And they just said, like, that's making me want to be a socialist just so I can, like, keep in class for the rest of my life. <laughs> and I thought that was quite funny as well. Oh, it's almost like a double entendre in a way. That's pretty funny. Oh, I didn't even realize how clever the joke was. Yeah. Wow. Well, hats off. That was a, that's a good joke. Yeah, true. 
<laughs> okay, well, there you go. I'm glad I said something so I could appreciate how funny it was. Um, anyway, maybe uh, talking through this episode, we'll realize how funny it was because not a ton of jokes in the episode, but an episode I liked nonetheless. Yeah, this is like... Oh, sorry to interrupt. Oh, no, go ahead. This is like one of the first of the soul-searching journeys with Zuko we get, because first we have Aang here, then we have Sokka in the Boiling Rock, then we have Katara finding her mother's murderer. And of the three, this might be the worst one, but it's still a pretty good episode nonetheless. Yeah, I do think that it probably is the worst one of the three. I, we have a lot of people who have written in. Uh, we've actually gotten a lot of the listener scores this week. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's always like a few people who are very consistent about it, but we had um, like all of the rotating cast right in. So we saw the like the range of scores go like from quite low to quite high with one person even giving this a four. Um, so like while I like the episode, I think like the Boiling Rock, I I personally like better. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it is interesting that it got like such high praises because I also think the Southern Raiders is better as well. So who knows? Yeah, it's interesting. This is a polarizing episode in that regard, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, maybe one brief programming note while we're still up top here. We will be doing the Boiling Rock as one two, or one podcast for two episodes. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the way to go. So, yeah, we'll be doing that. Yes. Um, yeah, so there you go. For next week, we'll be doing the Boiling Rock Part 1 and 2, so please send in your lis- uh, listener score for the total of it and any questions uh, for both episodes. Anyway, all right, I think we're ready to dive right in. Let's dive right in. I'm cannonballing in. I'm ready. Let's do it up. Is that your go-to dive, the cannonball? Uh, I'm not much of a diver. Uh, we've talked about the podcast. I can't yeah. swim. I, one time, though... I used to like to dive with a life jacket on and then the lifeguards would get pissed at me. They said it's like dangerous and you could get like whiplash or something. What? So, yeah. So yeah, I used to like to dive in a life jacket and it was dope. That's a, I could That's fake. You don't get whiplash. That they're lying. They just don't want to deal with you. Yeah, I don't know. Piss me off. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um <laughs> yeah, that, that's terrible. That, that's just like that's not real. Like I'm just trying to think of like the actual rationale. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the rationale either. All right, little well, old Zach was sad. Let's both cannonball, hold hands, life jackets on as we go into <laughs> the episode. <laughs> sure, uh, let's do it. All right, so we start the episode uh, with Zuko and Aang uh, getting ready to be taught. We've seen Aang be taught by Toph. We've seen him be taught by Katara. Zuko is really aggressive here. If I had to equate him to a teacher of mine, He's like that. Uh, he's like the gym teacher who's like a little bit too into gym. <laughs> um, I think that's the closest comparison I have. Uh, did you ever have a teacher like Zuko yourself, Zach? Hmm, I'm trying to think. Off the top of my head, no. I went to like a pretty like liberal, politically correct school. Like no one was very aggressive. Everyone was nice to students. So. Yeah, I didn't have a teacher too aggressive like that. Even I was thinking, like, do I did I have any weird gym teachers? And no, they were all pretty normal. So unfortunately, yeah, so I didn't I, have too many aggro teachers like Zuko. I had a gym teacher, so I switched schools third uh, third grade. I switched elementary schools in the third grade elementary, or the third the teacher who was uh, the gym teacher in my third grade, who then got replaced the next year, was very much like this. Like, really thought that like third grade was the time where like. <laughs> you got to yell at students to motivate them. I don't ever think that I heard the word Komodo rhino ever uttered, 
but I definitely might have heard like, you know, like slob, pig, stuff like that, where it's like a little too aggressive for nine-year-olds. Wow, that's crazy. I remember in seventh grade, I had this teacher. She was kind of like a military sergeant. She'd always be like yelling at us, like stand sprayed and do all this stuff. And I hated that. And was it fun? Yeah. I, yeah, I would hate that as well. Although I would appreciate if someone tried to work on my posture earlier. Because my posture is abysmal now. It's really, really bad. Do you exercise a lot? Is it, is it, Does that help your posture? A lot of exercise? Um, Like, I don't think that exercise is... It like I exercise a fair amount, probably like a doctor would tell me to exercise more, but I'm sure a doctor would always say that. Um, but like, I don't know, like I just, anytime I'm standing, I'm pretty much just always standing like, uh, like the Pixar lamp, like just a little bit hunched over. Um, yeah, I don't think it's just exercise. I think it's just, I'm not paying attention. All right. Fair, fair. Yeah. How's your posture, Zach? Not great. Not great. I try. I pay attention to it, too. I'm always trying to, like, puff up my chest and stand a little straighter, but it's not amazing. So I can relate to you in that regard. Yeah. Well, Zuko could have been useful for us then because Zuko really is quite the drill sergeant, uh, getting all up in Aang's face, uh, getting mad at him, saying that, like, if you don't respect fire, it'll chew you up like an angry Komodo rhino. Uh, and then immediately it's like, all right, now show me what kind of fire you can make. Same left. You need to be very careful about it. But now go ahead. Make some right now. (laughs) True. And then Aang like lets out a little spittle of fire. It's like the most pitiful flame ever. And then Zuko tries to fire Ben and he also lets out a super pitiful flame. Yeah. Zuko, uh, you know, plot of this episode, uh, poorly explained like I did earlier is, uh, (laughs) two men struggle to get it up. (laughs) Oh, but, um, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the episode. I don't know what to tell you, Zach. Uh, <laughs> thank God Audrey's not here to, like, uh, you know, berate me for a terrible explanation of the episode. Yeah, thank God, like, Naomi isn't here either. I feel like she'd be Oh my God, she would drag me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, uh, shall we move on from that? That was pretty funny, though. I'll give you that. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you, Zach. Uh, anyway, yeah, so Zuko tries to get the fire to work. It's just not working. Uh, I do appreciate here that Zuko's also hard on himself. Like we saw him, you know, yell at Aang in Aang's face. Uh, he also holds himself to high standards. He's like, that's the worst firebending I've ever seen. And I love someone who's not hypocritical. So, you know what? He might be annoying, but at least he is, uh, at least he's not hypocritical. We stand a self-aware king. Very, very true. Um, anyway, so then, uh, he decides he's gonna try to, uh, yeah, figure out what the issue is. Uh, Aang suggests it might be the altitude. Yeah, are they just in, like, the Colorado of the Avatar universe? Like, what's going on here? (laughs) I mean, I guess it makes some sense because, like, you know, if there's not oxygen in the air, it's probably hard to, uh, it's probably hard to make a flame. Oh, but, that's true. That's a good point. I didn't even think. See, my Neanderthal brain didn't even think of that. So, oh, you just thought it was like a non sequitur. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot funnier if it is. If it's just yeah. a total non sequitur, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I just thought it was a non sequitur. My bad. <laughs> no, no. I mean, hey, that's what I'm here for. You know, I know the uh, I know the whole fire and oxygen oxygen thing. Isn't that why, like, when you bake stuff in high altitudes, you have to like bake it for different times? Really? Is that a thing? I had no idea if that's true. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't know how much baking you do in different altitudes, so maybe this never comes up, but it definitely, <laughs> definitely is a thing. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Um, anyway, so then, uh, they decide, okay, maybe it is the altitude or Zuko like sees it as a plausible attempt. So then they go a little bit lower. Um, not like too much lower though. Like at most, it's like a few hundred feet. But anyway, mm-hmm. Zuko tries again. He really like gears himself up to do this. Uh, he gets just like really into it, but no blast, not able to, uh, to have any fire. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, Aang is trying to be nice. Uh, he says that one felt kind of hot referring to the fire. Uh, that's a great out of context line though. I feel like if there's an avatar out of context, Aang saying that one, uh, kind of felt hot. Perfect line. True. True. And then Zuko's response is funny. He's like, don't patronize me in like the most angsty voice. I feel like. Yeah, Zuko really does have some like real angst at the beginning of this episode, which I think plays well because towards the end of the episode, you see him like, I don't know, really seem pretty optimistic uh, and excited. So it was, it was good to see, um, yeah, him like have a little bit of angst. It made the payoff better. Yeah. Uh, th- then Aang calls, uh, Zuko Sifu Hotman, which <laughs> I think is funny. Uh, like essentially Master Hotman, which like I, I don't even get like why he came up with that, but I loved it. Hotman is just such a, such a funny term to come out of Avatar. I don't know why. Sifu Hotman just had me chuckling as I watched the episode. Both both times I watched the episode, I laughed at that joke. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. Oh, and then the the line that Zuko says is underrated here. He says, "And stop calling me that," like implying that <laughs> Aang has called him that multiple times before. Oh, classic. Anyway, then we get the Zuko, or sorry, then we get the Sokka line, which is not quite funny at all he says uh you know don't worry zach i will quote this one directly hey jerks mind if i watch you two jerks do your jerk bending yep that was the direct quote i kind of wish you misquoted it as a joke like you usually do (laughs) hey you know you know what it's a grow it's a grow for the uh last few episodes of avatar you know i'm gonna have correct quotes i will paraphrase only when necessary all right, fair, fair, fair. Though I think I I enjoy that when you paraphrase, it makes me laugh. I like good, like I like joking that it is a direct quote when it obviously is. <laughs> when I use my like very colloquial language, like my very casual language, as if they had actually said it in the episode. Yeah, that's um, that's always dope. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so then uh, like Sokka gets derided for being annoying, uh, and then they give up on on that. Um, the next scene we get is Zuko is, uh, I guess, having an intervention for himself is what mm-hmm. is happening. Um, yeah, I, that's yeah. a pretty apt description of what's going on here. <laughs> I mean, he sits everyone down and he's like, hey, just so you know, I lost my stuff. To which Toph has one of the funniest jokes of the of the episode here, where she's like, don't look at me. I didn't touch your stuff. Uh, <laughs> like thinking that Zuko means like his actual belongings. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought that was quite funny. Yeah, Did you yeah. this? Yeah, it was pretty funny. I didn't, I didn't have it in my notes, but I like upon remembering of the episode, it was pretty funny. Yeah, and Toph doesn't a, get this is like one of her only lines here, so it's nice that we get any Toph in this episode at all. Correct, correct. Yeah, um, I also thought that it was really funny because like Toph is so defensive about it that I actually kind of think that she did steal something of his. <laughs> like you know, like when people defend themselves like a little bit too hard, they're like, "No, no, no, I would never do that." It's like, eh, you probably did. 
I think it's the same sort of situation here. Yeah, yeah, not true. I was guilty of that a lot when I was a kid. I'd be extra uber defensive whenever I did something wrong and people would sniff it out. Yeah. Yeah, when I was a kid, I, yeah, I used to do the same thing with brushing my teeth. I would go to such great lengths to try to fake that I had brushed my teeth that it took longer than if I actually just brushed my teeth. <laughs> Damn. J- yeah. Young Jacob didn't have the best oral hygiene. No, nah, my mom would always make me, she'd check my tongue after I brushed my teeth. She'd be like, do you brush your tongue? And I'd be like, yes. And then she'd see like, she'd check out my tongue. And if it was like not clean in the perfect way, she would make me do it again. So I hated brushing my teeth as a kid too. <laughs> but then like, wouldn't you just brush your tongue knowing that that's all she's going to check? Uh, yeah, my child brain didn't take it that far. I would always just focus on my teeth. I'd always just forget about my tongue. I neglected that. Yeah, I agree. Like, uh, so, okay, I know how to brush my teeth now. So, like, you know, no one needs to worry. I do know how to brush (laughs) my teeth. But I will say, like, when I'm brushing my teeth now, like, you don't really think about it. You don't consider that the tongue is is part of the, the whole process. True, true, true. But every time you see dental commercials, they're always like, your tongue collects like 99.9% of bacteria. You need to scrub it. I always see like commercials like that or like for mouthwash too. Huh. I think we're watching different commercials because I feel like they focus only on the teeth here in America. Really? Interesting. I don't think I've ever seen a tongue-based mouthwash commercial. Wow. Okay. You must be watching different different programs then. (laughs) That's the U.S.-Canada divide is, is uh, are your toothpaste commercials about teeth or tongue? Yeah, true. <laughs> wow, I can't believe we cracked it. We finally figured out what's the difference between America and Canada. Yep, that's it right there. The tongue versus teeth, a toothbrush commercials. Tongue versus teeth. I mean, that just sounds gross. True, it does. Um, also, right. tongue is a very hard word to spell. I don't know why I can't get it right, but like... I feel like I want to put a U in the beginning of the word and the end of the word, and that's just not right. Yeah, then it's like tung. Tung, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. No, it is a weird, because it's like T-O-N-G-U-E, right? That's how you spell it? That's, I'm like 95% sure, yeah. (laughs) All right. We got the spelling the podcast. While we're on the topic, is there a word that you cannot spell at all? Hmm... There's some words that I'll like always misspell. I feel like I'm trying to think of what, like tomorrow. I always mix up the M's and the R's in tomorrow. I always forget mm. if it's one M or two M's. That's yeah. one for me. That's fair. Mine is restaurant. Uh, in fact, it's so bad that I will try to avoid spelling it and I'll just say like place you eat as opposed to restaurant <laughs> just because it's so hard. Like rest R rant. It's just, I hate it. I feel like restaurants not that hard, but to each their whoa, own. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> okay. I'm Zach, and I can spell restaurant. <laughs> All right, we can drop this. No big deal, but it's just funny. That's just I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm Zach, and I can spell restaurant. <laughs> the the AU the AU in restaurant is a weird one. I guess, but it's like when it's it's a unique word in that regard, so then I feel like that makes it easier to spell in a way. That's a terrible take. No, that makes no <laughs> sense. No. You know, I you know, no. Maybe the Canadian schooling system taught you that, but they did not teach me restaurant. They left me out to dry. America left me out to dry with restaurant. Well, you know who else got left out to dry? Zuko when Katara just straight up laughs in his face after he can't firebend. 
okay, okay, transitions. Yeah, uh, yes. I, just, I went to the Jacob School of Transitions. Would you look that at that? Solid. It was good stuff. Yeah, Katara here, like, really goes in um, after him. Like she, she at first is saying like, "Oh, like it would be nice if you lost your fire bending a long time ago," which I think is a fair comment. But then she follows it up by saying, "You're not as good as you think you are," which is completely uncalled for. Um, yeah, I think that was like a bit rude, but and hey, it's just wrong know. too because it's like if he's not fire bending at all, it has nothing to do with his skills as a firebender. It's obviously some more deep rooted problem. So yeah. Yeah, no, I, I very much agree with that. It doesn't make a ton of sense. And I think that, like, Zuko has a very good explanation for it with his, like, whole, like, oh, I changed sides, so now it's, like, harder for me to firebend. Uh, like, Aang sum- summarizes it well, where he says that, like, Zuko uses his anger to fuel his firebending, um, which makes sense. Like, you know, any fire needs a good fuel. Uh, and, like, Zuko's was rage. Now that he's switched, he doesn't have his rage anymore. Like, it, it was... It seems like a very reasonable explanation. I mean, we find out that ends up being right, but um, yeah, I'm kind of impressed that they intuited that that was it. Yeah, true. Shout out to Aang here and Zuko able to solve it together. Yeah. Uh, and then Sokka uh, takes it upon himself to try to make Zuko angry. <laughs> Important question for you, Zach. If someone was trying to make you angry enough to fire Bend, what would they need to do? Hmm. Ah, that's a really good question. I don't know. Poking me a bunch with a sword might make me angry enough to firebend. That's pretty annoying. Yeah, that's that's very fair. Um, my sister's like recently started doing this thing where she like uh, documents what her personal hell would be like. Um, so like she keeps <laughs> adding to like various characteristics that make it worse and worse. So I've done sort of the same thing. Uh, and one of my things is being in a room. Uh, where people are talking over each other, smacking their food. Like people are like, eating food, just smacking it like really loud, like not closing their mouth. If they did that and they were talking over each other, that would make me angry enough to fire Ben. I feel like every party I go to has people talking over each other and that is kind of annoying, but I never hear like people eating and like with their food and like talking well, over each other. So, so I actually think if it's like a big party, it's fine. It would be like a party of five where like there's two separate conversations where they're both trying to like talk over and be louder than the other person. Yeah, that does sound pretty hellish, not going to lie. Yeah. So anyway, that would be it for me. Um, anyway, yeah. So then they decide like, okay, we're not going to rely on anger and hate. Uh, we're going to try to to find another way. And here Tough actually is very helpful because she suggests that we try to learn Firebending from the original source, much like she used uh, the badger moles to learn earthbending. Um, then we get a scene with younger Toph crawling around on the ground. I don't really understand why we actually had to see this because, like, I don't know, we've already seen the badger moles before in the Secret Tunnel episode. It's not like these are new creatures to the Avatar universe. And so to see Toph, like, interact with them and supposed to, like, stay in the scene didn't really do much for me. Am I off base here? Like, Yeah, I think you're a little off base here. I think okay. I enjoyed seeing Toph interact with the Badger Moles. It was like a cool, touching story of how when she ran she ran away when she was a child into a cave and learned earthbending from them. I don't know. I thought it was great to see. It, it was cool seeing like the juxtaposition between like such a small little girl and the huge-ass Badger Moles and them like, <laughs> connecting. So, I don't know. I enjoyed it. Yeah, that that is fair. Uh, I, I think yeah, I don't know. I'm not really sure I need to see it, though. But, um, you know, it wasn't too long, obviously. I did think that uh, I liked the comment where uh, Tom says, like, oh, yeah, the badger moles are blind like me. 
Um, mm-hmm. I think that like kind of makes a lot of sense why Toph has found such comfort in earthbending is because the original earthbenders were blind as well, uh, like using their earthbending to understand the world. And I think that's like pretty cool. Um, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, yeah, one thing she says is like, it's not just like uh, an art, it's an extension of her senses, uh, which I thought was a good way to describe this. Um, yeah, then we have uh, Sokka, or this actually is before, but I still think it's worth saying. Sokka suggests that the original uh, firebender is a volcano, so Zuko needs to jump into a volcano to learn firebending. <laughs> I completely forgot about this. You're right, Sokka does say that. Yeah, does yeah. Sokka just want to straight up kill Zuko here? What's he aiming for? I mean, that's what it sounds like. I'm surprised that this wasn't Katara's idea, based on how pissed yeah. Katara's been at Zuko. But True. I think that I think that Sokka is being serious, actually. I would hope I, not, but damn, if he is. Well, because okay, when he says it, it kind of sounds it kind of sounded like he was being serious. Like I think he said, like, "Oh, so you need to jump into a volcano." Like I think that that was not him joking. Yeah, I mean, maybe you're right. I, 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 I hope he was joking, but let's see. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, Aang says that, um, you know, that he learned from monks, but the original airbenders were sky bison, uh, which, you know, with, uh, with Appa right there, like, uh, that's a free lesson. Uh, he should, should learn a few extra moves. True, true. Um, anyway, so then Zuko talks about, how the original firebenders were dragons and how they're all extinct now. Uh, I was a bit surprised to learn that they were extinct or sorry, maybe the better way to put it is I was surprised it hadn't come up that they were extinct before this episode. Yeah, true. But I guess we never see any dragons. The closest we get to seeing some dragon like creatures like the Unagi was kind of like serpent slash dragon like. Yeah. But yeah. besides that, the only other dragon we see is uh, Roku's dragon, Fang, Fong. What was it named? Yeah. What was it called? I forget. Uh, Fang. Fang, yeah. And then yeah. We, we also see, like, uh, Sozin's dragon as well. So we see multiple dragons in the series. It's just, like, they're only in flashbacks. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's no real reason to think that they don't exist anymore. As opposed, like, until they say it right here, like, I think that you would assume that they still exist. Yeah, true. That's That's a valid point. Um, anyway, Aang is like as confused as I am about it. Saying, like, uh, oh no, there are tons of dragons. Zuko's super, super cagey about this. Um, it was, it was a little sketch. Like, someone should have been like, okay, what are you hiding? Like, why are you being so weird about it, dude? Well, Aang straight up asked him, like, later in the episode, what, what are you hiding from me about the dragon? So you're right. His caginess, like, doesn't pay off here. Yeah, yeah, he eventually asks them, uh, but before that, they decide that they're going to go uh, meet with the Sun Warriors, because the Sun Warriors were the people that learned from the dragons, um, so they can at least get a little bit of the knowledge, uh, but unfortunately, even the Sun Warriors are supposedly dead, killed off thousands of years ago, um, yeah, so they're going to uh, instead go poke around their ruins, which thankfully they are still alive, because otherwise they don't know what they possibly could have hoped to learn. Um, from just like poking around the runes, like nothing. Well, they would have learned the dragon dance. I mean, they also would have gotten stuck in the glue forever. <laughs> true, true. If they weren't alive, they just would have died. I don't know. We'll get to it. I don't know why Zuko grabbed the egg. That was such an obvious like booby trap. Yeah. Like, has he never seen Indiana Jones? Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I've never seen Indiana Jones, and even I know not to pick up the damn egg. Yeah, because it's, like, why there'd be an egg on the pedestal unless, like, 
the pedestal is a trap. It's like, it's literally movie 101. Come on. Yeah. Before we get to that point, Ang says an old proverb from the monks, which I thought was kind of cool. He says, sometimes the shadows of the past can be felt by the present. So he's using that proverb as an excuse Mm -hmm. to like justify poking around their ruins in the hopes that they'll learn something. Well, that's good. I guess that there's some justification for going and messing with the, like, uh, you know, people's land. Um, anyway, so then they decide to, uh, like, uh, go out there. Uh, they get on Appa's back, Aang and Zuko, along a missed journey. They get on Appa's back, and Zuko immediately complains about how slow Appa is. We've talked about Appa's speed quite a lot on this pod, on this pod, uh, podcast. I couldn't remember the second word. <laughs> It's all good. It's late. No big deal. <laughs> Thanks for the excuse. Uh, anyway, they, they've been talking about like, um, you know, how slow Appa is. I'm glad that we get some confirmation here from Zuko that Appa is indeed not that fast. Um, cause I feel like we've gone back and forth throughout the, the, you know, three, three books of this, uh, this show. Yeah. But what is Zuko, <clears throat> excuse me, what is Zuko traveling on that's faster than Appa? That's my question. What type of travel is he used to that's way quicker than Op? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, the boat, like, is not much faster, I don't think. But at least the boat, like, he has a bed. So normally, like, when he's traveling, he's at least traveling, like, in a nicer place. Like, I think the actual equation for how uncomfortable a travel is, is, like, time divided by, like, comfort or something. So if you're, like, a 10 out of 10 comfort, then like you can go way further than if you're like at a two out of 10 comfort. That's fair. But I say leave Appa alone. He's doing the best he can. That is, that is very true. <laughs> uh, and you know, Aang uh, and Appa are both on the same page. They agree. They say, Hey, uh, we start our missions with an upbeat attitude, uh, which <laughs> is just one of the most annoying things to have to hear. But Hey, what can I say? Yeah. Yeah, true. That is pretty annoying. But it's funny, Zuko will call back to that upbeat attitude in just a moment. So, yep. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they get to the, to the ruins and they, these really are very pretty. I thought that they did a great job, um, with this, uh, like with this scene they set. I really thought that it was like, um, yeah, just a beautiful architecture. Uh, it looked like a bunch of like, um, like Tibetan monasteries almost. Uh, I, yeah, it almost gave me really like as it almost gave me like Aztec ruins vibes as well, like that yeah. South American culture and stuff. A lot of cultural influence in this in these ruins. Very beautiful. I agree. Yeah, I thought they did a a, a good job here of like uh, animating this and showing like you know what whatever it looks like. So I appreciated that uh, quite a bit. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, so then the next thing, oh, what's up? No, nothing. Nothing. Continue. Um, so the next thing to do is they're like, uh, you know, traveling around a bit. Uh, they like are walking around the ruins, uh, like, you know, doing their own little thing. They start to explore, uh, and Aang, uh, like starts to walk across and he almost falls into a trap and he does one of the cooler moves I've seen where he like blows the air and is able to complete a, uh, like a front flip to go over the trap. I thought that was very cool. This is like an underrated uh, airbending move, I think. Yeah, this was pretty damn epic, to be honest. This is why I always say, like, if I could be any bender, I would be an airbender, even though I feel like I am an earthbender. But I feel like airbenders can do such cool crap. So I love airbending. Yeah. 
they're making a really good case here. Uh, but then we see like Zuko has uh, some real agility skills because he just decides to run across the wall as if he's like, you know, running 90 degrees uh, across the trap. Does so successfully there. Uh, anyway, they, uh, they get to a giant wall. Uh, this wall has some like dragons and some warriors. There's like a whole mural. Uh, and we end up seeing the, essentially the scene that we get at the end here. Uh, the mural has the two dragons. The dragons are breathing onto the warrior, the warrior standing in the middle. Um, yeah, I, I think that it was like a cool way to show like, Hey, this is what's going to happen at the end of the episode. Um, the actual characters don't really get that, like, what they were looking at, but I think that makes it even cooler for us. Yeah, I agree. They assume the dragons are angry here, to your point about them not getting it. Yeah, that, that was just a bad read. Like, they clearly have not gone through, like, ninth grade English with the context clues, cause, like, <laughs> why would they depict dragon, why would the sun warriors depict dragons burning a sun warrior alive? <laughs> I never thought about it like that, but that's so true. That's a very astute observation on your part. You're absolutely right. Why, why would they depict that? Yeah. yeah it, it really does not make a ton of sense to me. Uh, but anyway, after they fail that basic, uh, basic context clues test, um, they decide, uh, to keep walking along. This is when Aang asks Zuko about the different dragons uh, and what happened. Uh, and Zuko starts telling them the story about hunting dragons for glory, uh, you know, trying to conquer the dragons so that you could become a legend yourself. Uh, you'd even earn the title of dragon. Uh, what do you think about this whole hunting the dragons for sport, Zach? I mean, it's pretty messed up, but it's kind of cool at the same time. It's like, wow, this, so that's how Iroh got his title, Dragon of the West. I just thought it was because he breathed fire out of his mouth sometimes, but it turns out <laughs> he actually has a legitimate reason for it. He allegedly up to in this ep- in this part of the episode can kill the dragon. So. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that it was really cool the way they did that reveal. Cause like they, so they said like dragon, uh, like it's the title that you get. And then they say like, Oh yeah, you know, the last dragon was conquered by my uncle. And like, it doesn't explicitly say like, that's why, uh, Iris called Dragon of the West, but like, it is like very cool that like we get that connection. It's like, Oh yeah, like that's where the name comes from. So I thought that was, uh, that was cool. Yeah, um, exactly. I agree. Yeah. If you were, uh, if you were back, back in, uh, you know, these times, would you want to slay a dragon, uh, and become a dragon slayer? Um. I'd probably die. It'd be like Shrek. You know how there was a bunch of dead bodies in the castle when he's yeah. like trying to save the dragon. I'd be one of those people. I'd be like trying to save the princess and I'd die. So, yep, that yep, probably is true. Uh, most people probably would die from the dragon. Dragons are pretty dangerous. Yeah, facts. Yeah. Um, anyway, Aang, uh, after hearing that uh, Uncle Iroh killed one of the dragons, supposedly says a funny comment where he's like, I thought your uncle was good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I thought was just so funny that Aang's like passing that value judgment. Yeah, true. I mean, everyone likes Iroh. I feel like Toph had a great relationship with Iroh. Yeah. Aang had a fairly good relationship with Iroh. So they all think he's pretty good. Very, very true. Uh, anyway, so they start uh, walking along. Uh, they get to a place uh, in front of a gate. Uh, th- there's this like gate with a calendar looking thing in front of it, a giant pedestal. With the gym, uh, the sun uh, sends like some light from the gym onto the calendar looking thing. Um, 
And yeah, then there's another uh, thing at the top uh, that opens it. Uh, it's the same gym as the bottom and then it opens a gate, blah, blah, blah. It's like classic, uh, like, you know, light switch uh, opening door me- mechanics. Yeah, yeah. The two of them realize that it's going to open on the solstice, which will take too way too long. But then Zuko looks at the sunstone at the top of the door and realizes that he can just take out his sword to reflect the light onto the stone. So pretty ingenious thinking from Zuko here. Yes, this was like next level from Zuko. I really appreciated seeing him think outside of the box. I feel like this is something that would have been reserved for Sokka had the whole group been there, but I appreciated Zuko was able to step up and was able to uh, outsmart the stone, as he says. Yeah, true. Yeah. Anyway, so they're able to open the door. Uh, they get in. And Aang says one of uh, the jokes that pretty much every like uh, you know uncle loves to say, or at least my uncles love to say, where they're like, you know what? I don't care what anyone says about you. You are smart. <laughs> Has anyone done that to you, Zach? Uh, no, actually. No one's really. Done People are just usually more rude. They're just like, you're dumb. They don't, they, they'll, like, they'll say the beginning of that, but not the end of it. Oh. Well, uh, you know, I have, uh, one uncle in particular that I can think of. Uh, he loves to make this joke. He's like, you know what, Jacob? I don't care what people say about you. You do shower well. <laughs> and it's like, wait, what? Like, people say I don't shower well? And he's like, no, 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 I don't care what they say. It doesn't matter what they say. You can shower yourself. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, that's hilarious. you got some funny uncles. Yeah, he he just goes to the more and more obscure ones. Uh, like, yeah. Anyways, yeah, what was funny in this? Uncle in this, Kevin. Oh, shout out Uncle Kevin. <laughs> you know it's funny in this moment when Zuko when Aang is like Zuko I don't care what everyone else says about you you're pretty smart it prompts like this big dumb goofy smile from Zuko which we know like we barely see in the series Zuko smiling it's still a little weird for me yeah yeah he smiles and then it takes him like two or three seconds to be like wait a second that was rude um, <laughs> but yeah I did like the smile that we got um, they then walk into the room and we see a shot of one of the statues and apparently the statue is so, uh, so scary that Aang like jumps back. Um, I like, I don't know. I've never seen a statue so scary that I've been nervous, but Hey, you know, maybe he's just jumpy. I think he's just jumpy because of the booby traps that they just ran into and stuff. That's so fair. That's fair. That's why he's a little skittish, more skittish than he usually is here. I feel like. Yep. Uh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, anyway, so they get in there and they realize that the statues are all in a configuration showing them the move called the Dancing Dragon. Now, on a creativity scale, I'm going to give this uh, about like a 2 out of 10 uh, for the name. The actual dance is like kind of cool. Uh, like I I did like the dance. I just have to like the name was just lame. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rank it pretty low there. Uh, but anything that's giving me like that sort of like Dragon Ball Z vibe um, will like be good in my book. Zach, what is were the, your thoughts on the Dragon Dance? Is the Dragon Dance a better name than the Dancing Dragon, or are they both equally bad? No, no, they're both they're both trash. Like the Dancing Dragon is what it's called, so I probably should say the right name as opposed to paraphrasing it. Because um, I think but, calling it the Dragon Dance is better. I think that's like a cooler name. I don't know why it just sounds better. Maybe because Dragon Dance is a Pokemon move that I used to like to use back mm, in the day. So maybe yeah. that's why I think it's kind of cool in that regard. So I don't hate the name as much as you. As for the actual dance itself, it was very cool. 
the configurations yeah. and stuff, especially when they do it at the end of the episode with the dragons and the dragons are like flying around mm-hmm. with them, almost mm-hmm. in sync with them. I thought it was quite epic. So I didn't mind the actual dance itself. I thought it was quite cool. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like the, the like dance itself, quite cool. The name is kind of boring and very on the nose. So I wish they did something better, but it's fine. Uh, Aang is quickly able to see that the statues are like tips, uh, on how to do the dance. I don't really know why they would teach them the dance only to unlock the trap. Like it seems like if it is a trap to begin with, you don't actually need to unlock it. You can just have the gym on the pedestal to begin with. Um, but maybe I'm missing something. I'm not really sure, actually. No, that's pretty true. You're actually right. I don't know why you would have to do the whole song and dance to get the gem here. You're right. Why not just have the gem on the pedestal? I didn't think about that when I was watching the episode, but that is a good observation. Well, I think the real answer is because they're going to have to do it later and they needed to have already learned it. That's my, (laughs) that's my actual guess for what it is, but that's fun. So true. So true. Good on. Anyway, so they do this dance, uh, they do it correctly, and after they do it, there is this, like, uh, egg, uh, essentially, that pops up. Um, this egg is pretty shiny. You know, I'd say it's one of the fancier eggs I've seen. Uh, Zuko calls it some sort of mystical gemstone and then goes to touch it. Uh, you know, he grabs it up, uh, then, you know, Egg is trying to tell him not to do it. Uh, Zuko doesn't really care. He picks it up. He says it almost feels alive, uh, to which, like, I really was curious to know what this stone was. It's never talked about again. I don't think we ever figure out what it was, but I'd be very curious to know, like, what is the sunstone? Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking when I was watching the episode, I was like, he's, when he said it felt alive, I was like, could it be like a dragon's egg or something? If it's feel like, if it feels alive, but then it looked like yeah. too, too much like a gemstone and not like an actual egg. So I'm not sure. For sure, for sure, it's like I don't think it's an egg unless like the egg's metal or something. But um, I'd be very skeptical if it was an egg. Anyway, we don't really get to figure out. We don't get to investigate it because as soon as they pick it up, we see this like gross, gooey slime just erupt from the pedestal. Uh, it's so strong that it takes Zuko from the ground all the way up to the grate on the ceiling, sticking him there with enough force to keep him there. This must have been really powerful, just like building up, ready to go. Yeah, how did the Sun Warriors create this like adhesive goo? <laughs> That's yeah. my question. And how does it get shot out and not jam up the thing it's being shot out into? That was my question. True. Uh, Maybe it's like when it's wet, it doesn't stick, but then when it dries, it sticks. But then again, Zuko stuck right away, so that doesn't make sense. Maybe it's fast drying. Yeah, I really don't know. Like, however they've gotten this goo, it's it's very effective. It's like better than gorilla glue, even. Oh, um, facts! Like way better yeah. than gorilla glue. Did, gorilla glue's over. Did you ever? Did you ever gorilla glue your hands together? Uh, I've gotten. I've never glued them together, but I've gotten like crazy glue on my hands before, and it took me like three days to get it off completely. It sucked. Yeah. Well, I would not recommend this to anyone, but I did one time glue my two hands together and I could not get them separated. It took me like, it took me so long. It was miserable. Um, cause I, I didn't have use of my hands. So it was like harder to get off. But anyway, uh, I remember thinking like, I was like, Oh, this is gonna be so fun in like the fifth grade. And then I spent like all afternoon trying to get glue off my hands. Yeah, that sounds horrendously awful. I don't know what to say. It sounds like not a fun day for young Jacob. Nope, not one bit. 
this turned out to not really be that fun of a day for Aang and Zuko either because the entire room fills up with this slime. Luckily, Aang and Zuko are able to face the outside, so like the grate that they're on, um, or the grate that there, there is in the room, uh, they're able to like put their head through so they're at least able to get air. I'm pretty sure this was a survivor challenge at one point where they like put their head through the air as the tides went up. Do you know what you're oh, yeah. talking about? Oh yeah, no, I know the exact one. It's the like Jason Siska challenge in uh, Micronesia. Yes, yes, that is correct. That is the one I'm yeah. thinking of. Um, anyway, so yeah, they, they decide like they're going to sit there for a bit. They don't really have any options. Um, and they sit there all the way from day until night. Uh, that has a suck. Yeah, I have in my notes, they stay there till nightfall, which must have sucked eggs. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the eggs that Zuko tried to pick up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And what then do you think Aang, they like, talked about? Oh, what were you, what'd you say? What, what do you think they talked about for hours? I don't know. They probably just sat there in silence for a while, pissed at oh, each God. other, I feel like. Because then Aang was not happy with Zuko for it. Because right when we come back to them, Aang is like lambast Zuko for picking up the golden egg. And then he yells for help. So I feel like they didn't talk for a while because Aang was pissed at him for picking up the egg. Yes. Uh, and then like whenever Aang does try to yell for help, Zuko instead suggests that they think about their place in the universe. <laughs> uh, which does not seem like the Zuko thing to do, but hey. Uh, yeah, that's out of character. You're right. Yes. Anyway, then we get introduced to a bunch of the Sun Warriors. Uh, we first get introduced to the leader of the Sun Warriors, uh, who has like uh, you know an, an elaborate uh, like headdress. Uh, we also see some aardvark sloths. As I looked up on the wiki, I could not figure out what these animals were uh, by myself, but the wiki was helpful to let me know is there are aardvark sloths that start looking them up. Uh, and we get introduced to the rest of the Sun Warriors. Yeah, I just called the Aardvark Sloth some anteater-looking things in my notes. So, <laughs> Yeah, the thing I had in my list, or sorry, in my notes was anteater. And then I was like, oh, I, anteater, but mixed with what? And I looked it up, and I like, oh, I got animal room. So that's true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Uh, one question I had, so like the Sun Warriors have this like really elaborate goo. It looks like the aardvark, aardvark sloths are eating it up. Does this mean that when they like open the door again, the aardvark sloths have to eat every single piece of goo in that room? Cause if so, that's a lot. I hope not. I just hope like Ham Gao or whatever that like a hole Sun Warriors name is has to clean it all up. That's what I hope. Oh. The one who's like, Oh, the dragons are going to have dinner tonight later on in the mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. Well, I hope they get dinner. We'll get to that in a second. But if they're not feeding their dragons, hoping that people stumble in to the city, then they're not taking care of the dragons. Like people don't stumble into the Sun Warriors Temple that often. If they only, if the dragons only get to eat when someone happens to stumble in, then they are not taking care of their friends. Do the dragons have like a solely a human diet? Do they not eat anything else? I would hope that they eat other things or else the sun warriors are like sacrificing people left and right. You know, they, they have to eat other stuff. They have to eat like, I don't know, fish maybe. Are dragons omnivores? Do they eat plants? Um, I don't know. Let's look it up. They're a fictional creature though. So I don't know. It depends on what type of media. Cause then there could be some omnivore dragons that exist in some media and not in others. 
Well, you do say that, uh, that they're fictional and all this, but uh, when I looked up our dragons, one of the first things is our dragons omnivores. Oh, wow. Um, the second one, or sorry, the first one is our dragons real. So <laughs> if, you'd like, if you'd like to know that as well, I can let you know. Um, okay, so a core link says dragons would have to be omnivores if they were real. So I'm going to go ahead and just take that as true. <laughs> we all know Quora is always true. No doubt. It, it's Quora. not always true, but it is always interesting. No, that that's fair. I just hate how, like, when you click one Quora link, it's like it just blocks it, and then it's like, oh, you have to the, you have to bypass like ads and like, or you have to sign in to access the content, which always pisses me off. Yeah, I I very much agree with that. Um, okay, actually, I'm seeing some conflicting information as I'm looking up with this, like. Okay, so bearded dragons are omnivores, but it does seem like most dragons in mythology are just straight up carnivores. They they only eat meat. Makes sense. Bearded dragons are lizards, right? Yeah, but they have dragon in the name. <laughs> yeah, but they're not actually dragons. It's like Komodo dragons are just giant lizards. They're close. Sure, yeah. You, you are right, though. Um, anyway, we can get to the, uh, diet of dragons later if we have to touch on it again. Um, (laughs) anyway, so then they start talking about the punishment that they need for trying to steal the stone. Um, they are going back and forth about what the punishment should be. Uh, and then Aang and Zuko try to pull the card saying like, Hey, like, you know, I'm the avatar. So hear us out. Zuko's like, Oh, Hey, I'm crown prince of the fire nation. Um, I have to say like, Neither of these credentials are that helpful. I think it might have been better to just say, like, hey, just so you know, like, you know, we're really big fans. Like, we'd like to learn. But I think, like, giving the credentials was not that helpful. I think giving the credential of Avatar kind of helps, though. It's like the Avatar needs to learn firebending. If the Sun Warriors want to be on the right side of history, they'll probably try to help the Avatar firebend. So, I don't know. I I didn't think that was the worst credential to show bring up. That, that that's fair. I think maybe more of the Zuko one is bad because he's like, yes. "Oh, I'm the Crown Prince of the Fire Nation," but then he's also saying like, you know, everything he says after that is so much better. He says stuff like, "Oh, my people have distorted the ways of firebending because it's fueled by rage. I want to know the true way." All of this sort of thing is great. I feel like he didn't need to say like, "Hey, I'm actually like was going to be leader of the bad guys." Yeah, true. It makes him look bad in front of the Sun Warriors. So you're, I agree with you in that regard. I don't think Zuko should have mentioned he was the crown prince, but oh well. For sure. Um, anyway, we get the, uh, the task here. So they need to go talk to the masters. Uh, they need to, um, read their hearts, their souls, and their ancestry is what I wrote down. Uh, anyway, the way that they are going to do so is they have to take part of the eternal flame. They have to carry it a very, very long way away. Uh, and once they take the eternal flame, then they will be able to uh, deem themselves worthy. Yeah, and then Aang and the Sun Warriors chief have a funny interaction right here because then Aang explains that his firebending is not up to par. So he's like, couldn't my friend here carry my fire for me? And the chief is just like, no. <laughs> and I don't know why that just made me chuckle at the moment. No, I think it is funny because like, it's a, it's almost an absurd request that Aang is asking. Aang's like, yeah. hey, can I do nothing and still get all the credit? It's like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, 
Then they decide like uh, they're going to take the fire up. Uh, Aang gets started. Uh, Aang says something that I thought was like a cool expression. He says that the flame is like a little heartbeat, which I thought was really interesting. Um, it leads the somewhere to talk about how fire is life uh, and how it's not actually destruction. So yeah. much of what we've learned about is how it's destructive. So it was cool to see the like life lively side of it. Yeah, and us Survivor fans know that all too well because we've heard Jeff say a million times, fire represents your life in the game, so. Yeah, <laughs> well, the Sun Warrior shortens it, fire is life outside of the game as well. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, anyway, then they start getting uh, going on this journey. This is a very long journey. Like, they start, they're going through a forest, they're going through, like, mountains. This is a long hike to do. Uh, without the use of your hands, like having to use your hands a fire bin just makes it even more, more gruesome. Yeah, true. And when they were like at the Sun Warriors base, it didn't look that far away, the mountains that they're going to. But yeah, it was quite a long trek. You're right. So. Yep, for sure. Um, Zuko also is like getting a little bit on Aang saying he's not fast enough. Um, this is actually one of my pet peeves is when I'm like walking with someone and they don't walk the right speed. Uh, I would say, like, probably the biggest deal breaker I would have is slow walking. Like, I, I just don't want to be friends. I don't want to, like, associate myself with people who walk too slowly. Yeah, I'm a fast walker, too. So I, I'm in agreement with you in that regard. I hate slow walkers myself. I feel like you're already walking. It's such a slow form of movement. You might as well be walking fast. I very much agree with that. I will caveat it, though, just because I know that, like, a lot of how fast you can walk is, like, how tall you are. So, like, people who are shorter, like, fine. You have some uh, excuse to go, like, a little bit sh- uh, a little bit slower than me. But people who are, like, the same height, like, we, you got to keep up the pace. Yeah, facts. Get it together, slow walkers. Exactly. Zach and I will lap you. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we will. But only if it's walking, because I'm not, I can't actually run. But I can walk. Yeah, true. I remember in high school, there was this guy who in my, he was like two years older than me. And then he entered the speed walking competition at like the, our little like school track meet wow. or whatever. And then he was winning and then he took off his shirt and started flexing at like close to the finish line as he was like doing the race. And then he got disqualified. I'm sorry. He got disqualified from speed walking because yes. he took his shirt off to celebrate. Yes. That's one of the craziest things I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know if this guy, like, remembers me, and he probably doesn't listen to Aang in there, but yeah, shout out that dude. He was pretty hilarious. Yeah, that that's a very funny reason to not get the dub, is it's like, oh yeah, sorry, I was stunting on people too much. I had to take my shirt off during the walking competition. (laughs) Yeah, facts. It reminds me of the episode of Malcolm in the Middle, where they have, like, the speed walking contest. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Yeah, I have. I don't. I don't really remember it too much. I do think that if I had to compete in one Olympic event, I think speed walking might be the one where I could at least hold my own a, a touch. Anything else, I just like. I have no shot. But speed walking, like as a percent of like how fast everyone else is going, I think might be one of my better percentages. Yeah, I just think like speed walkers in the Olympics probably have like marathon level cardio. I feel like so it's probably still impossible. Oh, I mean, I'm going to get wrecked, but like, I think if you took like a sprint time, like my sprint time is going to be way worse proportionally to the speed walking time. 
Oh, that's fair. That's fair. You're probably yeah. right. I think I agree with you in that regard. My, if I were to compete in any Olympic sport, I'd also choose speed walking. So, yeah, or I would pick like, uh, I don't know, like soccer or some team sport, and I'd just be like the person that never plays but like has hella morale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a great spot to be in. That was basically me on my high school basketball team. So. There you go. You you even have experience. Put him. Uh, put Zach in the what 2024 Olympics? Is that the next? Yes. That's yeah. Next. Just have me as the 15th man on Team Canada. Yeah. True. Is Team Canada good? Uh they've improved a little bit. I think they didn't qualify the Olympics this year. If like all the Canadian players played, they'd be okay. They'd be like top ten, I suppose. They have like Andrew Wiggins. They have mm-hmm. uh, Shy Gildress Alexander. Well, I don't think played in the Olympics, so they have a couple of solid players, but okay. not great. Not as good as like Serbia or America or even like Spain, but they're still yeah. good in their own right. Well, let's start the petition right now. Get Zach as the fifteenth man. <laughs> sure, let's twenty twenty four. Let's do it up. If we even qualify for the Olympics, sure, I'd be down. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, why would you not be down? Can you imagine if like like people campaigned, they got you on, you're like, no, I'm good, thanks though. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, I'm chilling. I don't want to go to the Olympics. That'd be such a flex. True. That'd Um, be hilarious. Anyway, so we change scenes. Zuko and Aang are now at the top of the mountain. We see that all of the other warriors are there, and they've probably been there for a very long time, considering the setup they were in. I think it's quite funny that, like, they didn't tell them the shortcut or whatever, and uh, Zuko and Aang took, like, a long time to get there. So I have a question. Are these the same warriors that were on the bottom that they were just talking to? Well, at least some of them are, right? Because the the leader's there. Yeah, okay. Uh, Yeah, I was making sure. I wonder what shortcut they took. So I was a little confused by that when I was watching the episode. And then when they finally reach the rocks, we get like a beautiful shot of like the two rocks as the with the sunset, as the music crescendos. It was Mm -hmm. just very beautiful stuff here. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, when they, yeah, when they get to the top, uh, like after we get like some really pretty shots, uh, of like the bridge and whatnot, uh, the leader says like, Hey, okay, now you're going to be facing, um, you're going to be facing the, the masters here. Uh, they will like look into your souls. Uh, and he says like the masters are not going to be happy to see you. Aang uh, is like, Hey, you know, but I'm the avatar to which the sun is like, yeah, you're the avatar who left for a hundred years. Like you think that's going to give you credit? <laughs> uh, and I really appreciated that Aang got, like, he got cut down as he needed to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Sun Warrior interrupts and he's like, yeah, you disappeared for a hundred years. You allowed the Fire Nation to wreak havoc on the world. So he just straight up put Aang into place here. Exactly. Um, anyway, then Aang decides, like, okay, maybe it's actually not time to go up to the, the mountain. Like, maybe we should turn back now. I don't, like... I get, like, you know, sunk cost fallacy, whatever. Like, just because you've put a lot of effort into something doesn't mean you have to go through with it. But they're right there. Like, they really should just at least try it out. Yeah, I agree with you. But then when Zuko rejects that notion and says they're seeing it through to the end, I agree with Zuko. But then when Aang asks, like, what happens if they attack us? And Zuko's like, oh, we could take him in a fight. I'm confident. That's where I'm like, I don't know, Zuko, if you could just randomly take firebending masters in a fight. Like, come on. You guys are strong, yeah. but... Yeah. I mean, maybe if, like, Aang had his glider, they could at least get away safely, but Aang doesn't have his glider, so, like, they are in big trouble. Dude, does Aang ever get his glider back? Because it gets, like, stuck in the goo. So, does he, how yeah. does he get a new glider? Does somebody make one for him? 
I mean, he glides again at some point, so I don't know what to tell you. But at some point, he does he does glide again. Maybe the anteaters ate up all the goo, and then they were able to get his glider out of it. Who the heck knows? Those anteaters will be stuffed. That's like that's a whole Thanksgiving uh, Thanksgiving meal for them. True. <laughs> Um, anyway, they get up to the top. Uh, they, you know, um, yeah, they have this whole like chanting. Uh, the chanting is like the rhythm that we get, uh, like in, like in the actual like avatar show, we've gotten it for a long time now. I really like that they brought that back and like had it here. Yeah, true. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is the chanting from the end credits, right? Yes. Yes. It is the end credits that we uh, have talked about the past few weeks as being like such a good bop. Yeah, Professor Strunk loved it, so I'm sure he very much enjoyed this part of the episode where we bring the end credits into the main fold. Yeah, very, very true. Um, anyway, so they start climbing up these stairs. Now, I have to say, uh, these are some of the steepest stairs I've ever seen in my life. Facts, facts. I was thinking the exact same thing. I have that in my notes. These are some steep-ass stairs. Holy, I would not want to climb these stairs. There's no railings or anything. I feel like I'd trip and just fall off the stairs to my death, probably. Yes. Yeah, because, like, there's, like, maybe, I don't know. It looks like, I would guess, like, something like 200 stairs. But the actual distance that it goes in terms of, like, uh, like left-to-right distance is very small. So each step is just, like, really, really steep. They're really, really narrow. Like, it, that's a safety hazard. Yeah, true. Holy, that's definitely a safety hazard. Yeah. Anyway, so then they get to the top eventually. Uh, we start to like hear sort of the, the presentation. Uh, we start to get some of the, um, you know, the, the rituals going on. Uh, they're getting ready to show their fire. Uh, we hear a call come out and the call, uh, causes Aang, um, to, or, sorry, the call causes the caves to start to rumble. The rumbling caves cause Aang to get a little nervous, uh, and Aang forgets to keep his fire going. Aang then asks if he can, you know, uh, borrow a little bit of Zuko's fire here, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, yeah, I don't actually get why Zuko doesn't give him some, but uh, he doesn't, and that leads to some more hijinks. Yeah, and then Aang ultimately causes Zuko to lose his fire. Aang was pretty funny in this moment. It reminded me of myself in high school. I'd always forget to bring a pencil. So I'd always, or, or a pen, and I'd always ask my friends, like, hey, can I borrow a pen? Can I borrow a pencil? They'd always be like, Zach, you just borrowed one. And I'd be like, well, I need another one. And I would just take <laughs> it from my friends. <laughs> I love I love how you're just like, yeah, I did, but I'd like another one now. So if you could give me one, that'd be great. We can speed this whole conversation up. Yeah, thanks. Exactly. We could just speed yeah. it up. That was so true. That's very funny. <laughs> I used to, like, after class, I would go back uh, and I'd collect pencils. So I had a box of pencils that I kept in my locker. I'm talking hundreds and hundreds of pencils. So I was always ready to go with a pencil, with an extra. I was so popular. <laughs> but, but really, okay, here's the thing. Now that I thought about it more, like I would take people's pencils that had fallen and then I would put them in the box. And then the people who would forget their pencils in class would have to ask for pencils because they're the ones who don't keep up with theirs. So really... I'm just holding people's pencils, giving it back to them, and then they're telling me thank you. Damn, look at you. So benevolent, Jacob. Right? I know. Well, <laughs> I bet the firebending masters would love me. <laughs> I think so, too. I bet Ran and Shaw would deem you worthy. Wow, I appreciate it. Zach, I bet the, the two of us could pull off a pretty impressive firebending uh, dancing dragon and get their attention. 
Oh, uh, my Dancing Dragon would be awful. In fact, I'm shocked <laughs> that Zuko and Aang were able to like memorize the choreography of this. I mean, they just did it once and they're able to like get it down. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, you know, maybe they don't have a lot of their brain power being used to think about different movie tropes, and that's why they grab the egg, <laughs> because they are able to memorize this pattern, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, facts. So then the cave starts rumbling, and then we see, we get our first glimpse of the dragons. What was your first thought when you saw these two dragons, Jacob? Uh, I think my first thought was like, holy, holy cow, like, these are real dragons. This is crazy. Like I, you know, I didn't really know what I was expecting when I first watched this. Uh, I didn't piece together that, you know, dancing dragons and the dragon mural would mean dragons, but here we are. Um, so I thought it was really pretty. I also appreciate their blue and red. Uh, you know, these are the colors of Roku and, uh, Sozin's dragons. We've already seen this, uh, in Zuko's lore with the blue and red dragons. So I thought this was nice to see. Um, but yeah, I, I really thought it was like really cool. Uh, I'm a big dragon fan. Uh, Zach, what about you? Yeah, I love dragons in all media. So I thought this was epic as well. And then when we see like later on in the thing, when the dragon's about to breathe fire, we get like a close up of the dragon's face. You have like the dragon, like almost snarling in a way and it just mm-hmm. looks so badass. So love me some yeah. dragons. And I thought this was a great scene. Yes, very true. Uh, anyway, they're, the Zuko and Aang of it all are not very, they're not very smooth here. Uh, <laughs> Aang even says, like, still think we can take them, like, within earshot of the dragons. And, like, <laughs> the dragons should have just been like, okay, we'll attack you then. Like, what are you doing here? Yeah, true. I don't know yeah. why the dragons didn't just straight up blast them right then and there. Yeah, I very much agree that they the probable outcome here is that they are going to be dinner. Uh, I think it is probably most likely. Yeah, and then we get this dude, Ham Gao, saying it's dinner time for the dragons right here. So even he agrees. And then the chieftain like basically tells him to shut up. And he's like, what? We're all thinking it, dude. So screw him. <laughs> I think he's right, though. Like, <laughs> seems like they should be dinner. True, true, true. But he's just like, even earlier in the episode, he's like, oh, yeah, they're thieves. They're this, they're mm-hmm. that. So he's been anti Zuko and Aang this whole time. So, yeah, no, that, that is fair. Uh, anyway, Aang is able to quickly pick up on the fact that, uh, that the dragons want to dance with them. Uh, I don't really know how this came to his mind. I mean, he is right. Like, they do want to see the, the dancing dragon. Uh, but it is surprising that Aang's just like, oh, hey, I think they want us to dance. It's like, where did you come up with that? Yeah, I don't know how Aang was able to. Maybe he just saw the way the dragons were moving and was just able to realize that the dragons were doing their own variation of the dragon dance. And while Zuko thinks it's kind of preposterous, ultimately he goes along with it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they do the dra- uh, they do the dance. I was uh, I was combining the two words together by saying <laughs> drance. Uh, anyway, so they do the drance. Uh, the drance is effective. Uh, and while they're doing the dance, we see the cool thing where the dragons are sort of doing the movements alongside of them. We have Zuko with the red dragon and Aang with the blue dragon as they dance towards together. Uh, once they perform the final move, we get the, the Sun Warrior leader saying, now it's judgment time. Uh, we see the, the dragons are staring into the souls of Aang and Zuko. That's really got to be intimidating. I do not think I would win a staring contest with a dragon. I'd probably crap myself if I'm put in that moment <laughs> in time. And the dragon staring me down or even scared me a little as I was watching the episode. 
I would yeah. not be able to maintain my composure in that moment. I highly doubt it. So kudos to Ang Zuko for being able to do that in that moment in time. Yeah, no, that that is that is very true. And then the other thing, so they like uh, the dragons get on either side of the bridge, uh, and they get ready. They breathe in, and they let this like giant flame uh, by. I would have caught my pants there. Like that would have been the moment where I'm just like, oh, I'm dead. Like that's that really sucks. Uh, but instead of dying, we see this incredibly beautiful vortex of flames. Uh, the flames have every which color within them. Uh, I really thought this was really pretty. Just the way that they animated it was really good. And then the way that they like showed it for a little bit, but then mostly showed Zuko and Aang looking at it, uh, I think increased the amount of wonderment that I felt towards the, the dragon's breath. Yeah, because initially Zuko and Aang are panic and start yelling, but then when it's revealed that the dragons have shot this like awesome, colorful flame at them, they're just like entranced by it. And it's yeah. absolutely beautiful. You're right. The animation in Avatar still holds up to this day, especially like in seasons two and three, respectively. Mm-hmm. The animators just, you could tell the heart and soul they put into the show. And it shows in scenes like this how beautiful the fire was. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I very much agree. Um, we do see this like beautiful, uh, this beautiful thing of fire. And it also causes Zuko to say he understands. Uh, once they go down the 250 or so steps, uh, he clarifies that what he meant is, um, yeah, he says that the the, the dragons, um, or no, I guess he, he's not even the one to say this. Um, I think it's like the, the rest of them are talking about the meaning of firebending uh, and how it's like actually fire is life, not destruction, which I thought was a cool way to sum this up. Yeah, yep. I agree wholeheartedly. Beautiful way to sum it up. Yeah. Um, we also see, like, uh, you know, Aang make a, a pretty good statement here where he said, like, you know, after he hurt Katara, he was too afraid, uh, but he realizes that fire is energy and fire, fire is life. Yeah. And then also Zuko realizes that he says, because he thinks all the dragons were dead. And he's like, but I thought Iroh killed the last one. Then the chief explains that Iroh was the last outsider to face the masters. And he also was deemed worthy. And Zuko realizes that he must have lied about killing the last dragon to protect them. So it shows that Iroh was good all along. Yeah. And that is like such a good Iroh thing to do. That sort of like sneaking, like, oh, you know, like I'm going to tell people what they want to hear. And by doing that, I'm going to like subvert their expectations. I mean, that's sort of how he breaks out of the prison uh, is that like he able, he's able to subvert people's expectations. So people want to assume he's some great firebender. He tells them a story about how he defeated the dragon and boom, everyone believes it. Plus no one hunts him. Very clever from Iroh. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Zuko now has a mission statement. He's really excited here. He says, uh, yeah, he no longer is trying to hunt Aang for his purpose. He now has a new purpose to defeat his father and restore balance to the world. Then he lets go this gigantic fire blast, uh, which I actually couldn't really tell if the fire blast is bigger than it was before or if it's like the same size. Uh, did you have any indication, Zach? Was it bigger than what fire blast before? Which one? Um, like his, like, uh, like season one fire blast, for example. Um, hmm. I feel like this was a little bit bigger, but I could be wrong. I, I don't okay. remember off the top of my head. I didn't know if he was just like getting his mojo back or if he actually like unlocked something new. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yep. Oh, well. 
Um, then we see Aang let some fire go uh, himself. Uh, and then we see a really cool, a cool scene here, uh, or a cool shot here with Aang, where Aang is smiling at the fire. Um, Victor wrote something in here. Uh, should we read it now, Zach? Yeah, now's a good time to read it. Cool. Uh, so Victor wrote in and he said as follows. He, uh, he writes, the pure joy on Aang's face when he firebends for the first time after learning of how it can be used to bring life, not just for destruction, is so well done by the animators. It reminds me of the story of my friend uh, who's looking after his five-year-old nephew and told him that if he was good all day, he would get him ice cream. And at the end of the day, when he got his chocolate ice cream and he got that first lick, his smile was pure and nothing could have taken him from, uh, nothing could have taken that from him. Um, and I really thought this was like kind of a beautiful way that Victor writes this in. Like it is that like pure joy of experiencing something great for the first time. And it's really cool that like, uh, you know, his friend has that memory of a, of his five-year-old nephew so well. Uh, but yeah, I, I really appreciated that story. I thought it was a great way to sum it up. No, I did too. It was a, you're right. It was a great way to sum it up. Cause it shows just like how Aang has this like childlike exuberance and enthusiasm mm-hmm. for everything he's doing for the first time, just like this five year old nephew with the ice cream. So beautiful story from Victor. Thank you very much for writing in. You guys can always write in at avatar at post show recaps, correct? Yes. Avatar post show recaps or tweet us at post show recaps.com. Uh, especially if you have a, a wonderful story that relates avatar to something sweet in your life, like, that, that's even better. So please do write that in. Um, yeah. But I thought this was really cool seeing Aang's face because it's so different from the face that he has after he burns Katara. That seeing that like difference between you know the face of him realizing he's made a mistake and the face of him realizing that there's so much potential on fire was really a, a quite cool uh, turn of events here. Yeah, hundred percent. Like the face that he makes when he burns Katara is like one of like distress and anger, and this one is like just pure joy and blissfulness. So very different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then right after that, we get the the leader of the Sun Warriors actually making a pretty good joke. I thought <laughs> uh, yeah. he's like, "Oh, great! Now that you've learned the secrets and you know that we're here, we're gonna keep you in prison forever." Uh, and we get like just enough time to see Aang and Zuko being like really shocked. Uh, we cut back to the, the to the leader, and he's like, "No, nah, I'm just kidding with you. Like, but please don't tell anyone." But you're ready to go. <laughs> yeah, this was a pretty good joke. It's like classic, like children's TV show humor. I feel like here. Yes. Yeah. I uh, I, I very much agree. Yeah. Um, but th- it's like the type of humor that's like, yes, it is children's TV show humor, but it's not like the dumb kind that like I still appreciate it now. No, same, same, same. Yeah. It's it's funny still to this day. Yeah. Anyway, so after that, we go back to the Western Air Temple, Aang and Zuko. They're telling them the whole kit and caboodle. They're breaking down all the things. Uh, then they're showing the, the technique that they learned, uh, the dancing dragon, as they uh, they do the moves. Uh, Sokka then, you know, gets on Zuko's case, being like, oh, that's a, a great dance you'll learn there. Uh, and Zuko gets all defensive, even though it's, like, explicitly a dance. Yeah, Zuko does. Kasaka's like, oh yeah, we'll just tap dance to victory over the Fire Lord. And to be fair, it is a little offensive, even though it's a dance. It's like, damn, he's just roasting this like artistic like craft almost in a way. So, yeah, I mean, Sokka does like swords, uh, like swordsmanship stuff. Like, if you're doing like sword stuff, you're effectively dancing when you're doing the sword stuff. Like, I don't know why he's being so harsh about it. Uh, true, but also. True. 
if you're going to like try to dance to beat someone, I don't feel like tap dance is the best one. It's kind of loud. I feel like people would hear you coming. I feel like you have to do ballet so you can still get the sneak attack advantage. True. That's a really good point. You could ballet and like beat people up. I'm surprised we don't see that in media more often. Someone with like a ballet fighting style. I feel like I might have seen that in like an anime or one time, but besides that, I have never seen it. I think it'd be pretty interesting to watch. Like I know the fighting in this show is like incredible. It's very different from anything we've seen. I think some like ballet type fighting would be pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, um, Let's find something that has it, because I would like to watch that. I think One Piece is the anime I'm thinking of. There's a character okay. called Bon Clay who has, like, a ballet-esque fighting style where he's, like, on his tippy toes, like, kicking people in the face. So if anyone's oh, a weeb like me and has seen One Piece, <laughs> I'm sure you'll know who I'm talking about. I would uh, I'd be interested to check it out because I'd like to see how it goes. So there you go. I'll, uh, yeah. I'll watch an episode or something. Um, anyway, so then, yeah, they, they realize that, uh, it actually is a dance. Uh, Zuko says it's the dancing dragon. Everyone laughs. Uh, Zuko looks like he is uh, a bit embarrassed, but nothing too bad, especially for an Avatar episode. Nothing tragic happened. Yeah, true. I forget we've had a string of horrible endings to episodes where the gang is always like in trouble or something bad's happening. So this time we get a nice, like, upbeat ending to the episode. And yeah. that's it for season three, episode 14, is it? I forget. Episode 13, I believe. Episode 13, The Firebending Masters. Yes, there we go. Um, yeah, so there you go. That is the episode. Just as a reminder, again, uh, just saying it real quick before I forget, The Boiling Rock next week will be part one and part two. So please write in your scores and your questions for both part one and part two. Yep. Yep. It should be a really fun episode, actually. The Boiling Rock is great. I feel like there's a lot of stuff that we can dive into. Uh, I, I would love if people were to ask questions because I feel like there's lots of different ways we could go. So um, I'm excited to get into that. But anyway, yeah, it, it's still... Oh, go on, Zach. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm excited for it. It might be one of our longer podcasts to date because we haven't done like a two-part parter yet. And but yeah. it'll still be a lot of fun. It'll probably be like one of those two hour episodes though, for sure. Yeah. And, uh, we don't have a guest, uh, at least like not yet. Uh, so not having a guest means we probably will be able to keep it to a reasonable time. Cause if we had a guest and two parts, that's just going to be a long one. Yeah. True. True. It's almost a blessing in disguise that we don't have a guest for that episode. Cause like I for personally, sure. some inside baseball here, I never want to rush any guests. I always like, if a guest has a point, I want to let them like say their point, take their time. But like me and you, when we're together, we have a tendency to yada yada over some things a little bit more, which is makes for decent podcasting. I feel like. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you're, if you're here to like, I think I've said this before, if you're here to like, you know, get the beat by beat of the episode exactly and not skip anything, then you should watch the episode because it's 23 minutes long and we talk for two hours. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, but hopefully you're here because you enjoy the jokes, you enjoy the banter and you enjoy the, the random tangents we go on. If not, I'm very sorry for you. Yeah, same, same. I co-sign everything you just said. Overall, uh, a pretty ho-hum episode of Avatar. Nothing too crazy happens in this episode besides the reveal of the dragons, which was brilliant and like saved the episode from a lower score in my eyes. So overall, solid episode of Avatar. What about you, Jacob? What were your thoughts? Yeah, this is a good episode of Avatar. You know, it's almost like, uh, they, they only focus on one story. So we only get the story, uh, you know, at the, at the Sun Temple. Um, 
we have some interesting moments. Uh, the side characters aren't great, uh, but we do get a lot from Aang, get a lot from Zuko. This is almost a necessary episode. I'm not sure I love it, uh, but it's almost, it's like necessary to have the realization that fire is not just destruction. Um, before they defeat the Fire Nation, it's very important to solidify that. So you have to have some episode where this, uh, like this reveal comes. Um, so I think this, this does a good job of that, but you know, not my favorite episode of Avatar. We'll, uh, we'll get more into it as we rank the episodes. Should we sure. get right to it? Yeah. Let's jump right in. Awesome. So just as a reminder, every week we rank the episode between zero and four cabbages. We take my score, Zach's score, and the listener's score to get the official Aang in their score. You can write in your scores to avatar at postsharerecaps.com by email, tweet at us at postsharerecaps, or really get in touch with us any way you like um, so that we can see those scores. Zach, you want to start us off this week? Yeah, I'm going to give this episode a 3.3 out of 4. Not necessarily my favorite episode or the highest score, but I thought it was a great episode overall. Still, the reveal of the dragons with the amazing colorful fire was beautiful. It was such an epic scene and brought the peak of the episode for me. But I think the first half of the episode kind of drags a little bit. Zuko being an idiot and grabbing the egg kind of like made no sense to me. So there was a couple of parts of the episode I didn't necessarily love, but overall it was solid. So I'll give it like a B score. So 3.3 out of what about you, Jacob? Yeah, so in my notes, I had it at a three. I'm going to bump it up just a little bit from that. Because, uh, yeah, like, talking through it, like, it really does have some parts that are necessary for the rest of the episode or for the rest of the series. Yeah. I think that there are some, like, pretty redeeming qualities to it. Like, yes, uh, like, it doesn't have, like, great jokes or anything, but it moves pretty quickly. The pacing of it's really good. And then the last scene with the dragons is, is quite cool. I'm going to go from a three, which I had in my notes originally to a 3.2. Uh, it's not like too much, you know, I'm actually still lower on it than you are, but I'm not quite as low as I was before. So 3.2 for me. Um, all right. And I guess that's it for today because well, there's no battle in the episode. Oh, we got to get the feedback? audience. Well, oh, yeah, the audience the, score. You're audience right. score right. and, and two questions. No worries. No worries. We'll go back <laughs> here. Uh, yeah, a 3.47 from the audience boosted by a few people who really love the episode. And then some people that were in our range uh, of the score. That's going to leave the episode itself at a 3.32. So there you go. Let me just message that to you so I don't forget. Boom, 3.32. So that is the official score. We do not have a battle of battle ranking, but we do have two questions from Felipe, which we can cover real quick. First question, Zach, who has the better moves between Aang and Zuko? See, well, were they not doing the exact same moves, though? So how can we judge them? Whoa, I very much disagree. I mean, Aang is doing it with so much more flair, and, like, I feel like he's much more into it. Zuko's so hesitant. Like, he's trying to play too aloof, so I'm giving it to Aang for sure. Hmm, I'd give it to Aang as well. And I feel like in throughout the series, we've seen Aang display other dance moves as well. He has this, like, classic little <laughs> jig that he'll always do when yeah. he's, like, distracting an enemy and, like, trying to run away. So yeah, I'll yeah. give it to Aang as well. But I think we both can agree that the best dancer of everyone in the Avatar universe is in fact Momo. Yeah, hundred percent. I love Momo with like the little jungle cats and him like doing the dance in the streets. I thought that was great. Yeah. So yeah, Momo is the best dancer, hundred percent. That is a very funny moment. Um, all right, last question we have 
tonight. Uh, what is your favorite elementary school dance memory or just mm. dance in general? Hmm. I don't necessarily have a moment from elementary school, but I remember my first dance in high school was when I was in the ninth grade and then I got like pushed into the center of people and I just did some like random dance moves and people were actually into it and like cheering me on. I thought that was a lot of fun and I'm a horrible dancer. I was like in the middle, like doing the Carlton at one point, just doing like the dumbest stuff. So, and then I was just, it was hyped to get the crowd behind. So that's my favorite school dance moment. What about yourself, Jacob? Um, I think so. Okay. It's not really even a school dance, but my, uh, one of my other uncles, not the uncle, uh, that, you know, roasts me, uh, like in a nice way. Um, one of my other uncles got married and, uh, he had like a, a big wedding party and he is like pretty new out of college. So like a lot of the people there were like, you know, college aged. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, you know, 12 and I was like dancing up a storm and like all of the people were hyping me up so much. I remember doing like, uh, like, the electric slide or whatever. And like, I was getting so into it and everyone was like so excited for me. I remember having a great time doing that. So that's probably, probably my favorite uh, elementary era dance memory. Nice. Nice. Sounds like a fun old time. Yeah, for sure. Um, Anyway, that is all we have for you this week. Again, next week, boiling rock parts one and two. Absolutely fun episode. We have planned for you this week. Zach, I thought of a sign-off. We're, we have like 55 episodes, but I finally found a sign-off that I like. So I'm excited to try it out this week. We'll see how it goes. Sure. Let's do it up. All right. Well, that's all I have for you this week. We can hang in there and so can you. We'll see you next week. That's a good sign-off. All right. On that note, hang in there, everybody. Peace out, guys. Bye. Right. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.